Hey, uh, Jimmy Valentine, that was a really great game-winning score you had there at the sporting event. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. You can look for that card really soon at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. They got tons of sports memorabilia. Jimmy Valentine, RKO Radio News. Jimmy, what makes Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics your favorite comic store in the Colorado area? I'm telling you, forget about it. A comic collector like me, I can save 20% on a hold slot. Duh. Plus, it's hard for me. I'm on the road all the time. If I want the amazing Spider-Man and I'm not around, it's in my hold slot. Jimmy Valentine, what do you have to say about your recent allegations about steroid use? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question, but I am going to tell you that if I want to get Magic the Gathering cards, I go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. <laughs> the little square Jimmy Jr., he loves those. So go to 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Nevada, Colorado. They'll take really good care of you. Hold on, Jimmy. One Jimmy, more question. One more question Wait, no, no, don't go yet. Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. Barbecue that can't be beat. Try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust full flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores. Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to the podcast. I am Ryan, the most important person on this podcast. Whoa. To my right is... James. Second most important person. To my <laughs> left... <laughs> Screw you, man. <laughs> ...is Brad, the most important editor in podcast Donium. That's right. I want See, my y- plaque engraved. You thought I was going to say third it. most important, and you just went ahead and attacked me for no fucking reason at all, Brad. So fuck you, buddy. I'm the second most important, but you're the one who does all the work. That's right. Uh, I do all the work. And I do great work, like making podcast show up late each week <laughs> oh no 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 hey hey i'm the voice of this podcast people look up to me guys okay that's butt voices on this podcast I swear to the children more <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are we really big um amongst the children's our target age group is six to ten <laughs> yeah <laughs> mommy mommy i want to listen to the wheel notes Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Six to ten, the smallest demographic ever created. <laughs> SpongeBob and real nerds, the two go hand in hand. <laughs> no, even SpongeBob has a bigger demographic than six to ten. Anyways, we're the real nerds. Um, this week we saw two movies. We saw Flight. Yep. And we also saw Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. But we do more things on this podcast, guys. We just don't go see movies. We live and breathe movies. If you'd like to leave us a message, you can on Twitter, real underscore nerds. You can also leave us a voicemail, 720-6nerds5. You can also email us directly, realnerds at gmail.com. Dude, you can like us on Facebook, and you can type on Facebook, I like real nerds, and we'll read it online uh, on the air because we're shameless. And And more importantly, your friends will read it, and then they'll go, 
you must be stupid because I've listened to that podcast is garbage. I mean, no, no, no. They'll go, oh, I'll have to listen to that. Why are you attacking my podcast? I listened to the interview with the battery, and you know, first you're attacking our guests that are on our podcast, and now I didn't attack him. When did I attack him? Oh my gosh, I never attacked him. When did I attack him? I really love that movie. I know when you're talking about the ADR, you're like, this is shit. This is fucking shit. No, no, no. That was not the point (laughs) I was making. Oh my god. Let's ask Bill Mosley if he feels attacked by James. Let's ask Bill Mosley. Anyways, you can also download us on iTunes, <laughs> Real Nerds Podcast. Yeah, please do. Yeah, thanks. The point I, w- I was trying to make a joke about, it. yeah, tell your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Tell your friends. You know, we did um, we did put up the battery interview from the Telluride Horror Fest. Yeah, it's really good. It is good. You should really listen to it. And I love, uh, Brad, you ke- kept in the opening, which is really funny, and you kept in the end, too, which is really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you it just kinda the whole thing. It kind of seems like it's an extended cut, you know, instead yeah. of... Uh, you know, you being told by a producer, hey, cut this out. This is bullshit. This just is fluff on a scene. I try yeah. to get the uh, fans closer to the, the real, real nerds. Yeah, the, the process. Well, of and it was it. such a cool experience to do with those guys that it was, you know, it was nice to have, to be able to listen to that and, you know, let everybody in on, on what that was actually like. So it doesn't just feel like an interview. Yeah, we're not all get, business. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this week, stay tuned for the Jonathan Tiersten interview that we did at Mile High Horror Fest. Um, that will be this week's. And if you're waiting for yours, don't worry, we'll get to it. We just have yeah. so much audio to go through that um, it could it could take a while. Yeah, we we could just ask Brad to cut it all together <laughs> real real quick, all in one week. But I'm one pretty sure he would, cast. I'm pretty sure he would quit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. and we need Brad because I don't or know blow what I'm my doing. brains out. Yeah. And please don't blow <laughs> no, your brains so yeah, out. Please don't do all that. over the brand new mixing. We'd board. have to find a new <laughs> friend named Brad. And that would just be worthless because yeah. remember when I did the panel at. Uh, Mile High Con. Everybody wanted Brad, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him away. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, like, I, I was very protective off. of Brad. <laughs> it was so funny. some poor guys. It's like I, it's been my dream to start a podcast, and hey. like I don't know the technical part of it. But if yeah. I can find someone who does, who could help me, it'd be great. Hey, those guys have a guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, can I get Brad's contact info? Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, buddy. I don't give a shit Crushed. about your podcast. But Crushed I, can his I, dream. Can I steal your producer? No, you can't steal our producer. And I was one of those guys too, where I'm really friendly in the panel, and then they come up to me after the panel. I'm a total <laughs> diva and dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, like uh, well, like we were saying afterwards, I don't know if we told this story last week, but it was one of those things where it's like, you know, if it's you garish to ask me for you, that, right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if you, well, I mean, if you just if you just want to pick my brain, that's fine. But if you wanted to hire me, that's kind of. It was he going to pay you? <coughs> huh? If he paid, if he said he's going to offer you money, then I'd still say no. Hmm. Even still, the way the way <laughs> to go about asking that is listen to the podcast, write in an, one week and be like, you know, talk about movies or something. And then the next week, write in and go, hey, I'm looking to make a podcast and it'd be really great if I could get your guys' help. Dude, anybody who's a fan of this show, I will move fucking earth to help these people. But mm-hmm. don't come up and be like, hey, I don't give a shit about what you do. That'd be like going up to Bill Mosley and saying, <laughs> I, Bill Mosley, I don't know who you are, but I'd really like to interview you. No, you don't do that. That's insane. That's, that. That's just rude. <laughs> yeah, that is just terribly rude. No, um... Anyway, I don't know. Anyways, we're, we're totally off rails here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's okay. Guess what? It's mail time, boys. Yay! Do we? Th- is that letter there? Return to sender. Address is unknown. Oh, dude, we want no we, such number. Are we gonna watch Castaway? Because that song's in Castaway. It is in Castaway. That's oh, right. Oh. Are you saying you want a new theme song for the mailbag? No, I'm just rambling on. Okay, that's great for me to cut. Robert's you don't Zemeckis. have to cut it out. Just cut it now. Robert Zemeckis, Castaway. That's really not helping, James. <laughs> So we got a shout out from Raphael who directed a quiet 
a quiet girl's guide to violence and he has a sweet app that you can get for an ipad called holy hell for another film he made and it kind of gives you a behind the scenes not only does it give you each chapter of the movie it gives you a behind the scenes of the movie and other goodies so you should check it out it's really awesome and we also got a shout out from kelly kelly received her real nerds t-shirt and yeah. i hope she wears it with pride in the great northeast of connecticut for you new listeners she is the uh, girlfriend of the writer director of the battery Jeremy, yeah. our biggest Connecticut fan, our biggest Connecticut fan, our East Coast fan. Oh yeah, our Northeaster correspondent. A Northeaster is a a special um, um, weather pattern in the Northeast. I know that stuff because guys. you've been watching a lot of Sandy. No, uh, because uh, our friend Brandon he went to the University of New England, and their mascot was a Northeaster. Oh, that's where I learned it, guys. I thought you were just making a, a hurricane joke. I would never make a joke about a hurricane. Well, I didn't say it was going to be like a funny joke. Well, I would Just never say that. I, that's what you make jokes about. Yeah. I make jokes about bestiality. Right. <laughs> no, you, start, <laughs> you start conversations about bestiality. I make so funny, obnoxious the jokes. The Nor'easterners are too lazy to throw the T and the H in there it's to call themselves Northeasterners. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it got yeah, blown that's... away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there is the joke. <laughs> I hope everybody's okay. Mm, yeah, me too. Well, we also got a phone call this week. Russell called us and james might like this one Ooh! hey there real nerds it's russell from dc again uh just responding about the uh, best exotic marigold hotel if i wanted to fool you guys into watching a shitty movie i i probably would have picked a movie with uh actors that are not nearly as um well well known or well renowned as judy dench and, and anyways uh you know, it's one of those things, this message primarily goes out to James. You know, I've heard you, James, talk a lot about uh, Sherlock when the season ended. It's that kind of writing, that, that nuanced writing that, that the Brits are able to bring out in the movie. And and I think it is definitely a, a great movie to, to watch during Academy season. Now, I, don't, I know you guys don't necessarily talk a lot about TV shows, but um, I, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, one of my favorite TV shows right now is Castle. Um, I don't know if you guys watched that at all. Uh, I mean, Nathan Fillion, you know, I loved him in Buffy. I love him in Firefly. Uh, if you get a chance, you know, he plays a very, you know, uh, egotistical, arrogant writer. It's a good show. You guys should check it out, and maybe you guys should have like a what TV show we've been watching section because I think that would be uh, really fun. Because I actually don't watch a ton of movies. I mean, I try to watch the movies that you guys recommend I watch, but um, but yeah, if you guys have a TV show section section, uh, yeah, I could chime in a little bit more. All right, hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye. Thanks, Russell. You know, I always meant to check out Castle. I really did, because every time I see a preview for him, it looks kind of funny, and then I never watch it. I've seen Castle. Uh, I watched maybe the first half of the first season or so, and it was really good. I, I just sort of, uh, it was it came, It started back when I was still in school, and I just fell off of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a hard time with, with shows that are as episodic as that is. Um, and it needs to be at least at a justified level where there's like an overarching story. Uh, otherwise, I, I tend to fall off. I think the last time I really got into an episodic show was House. Um, that show was fucking yeah. horrible. No, it wasn't. Yes. No, it wasn't. 
This um, week on House, a deadly virus seeps through the hospital. You, you never and now House is playing a clown. <laughs> you're you're Every not week. even making fun of the show. You're making fun of the commercials. Yeah, because the commercials are retarded. No, the commercials were really bad. But the people who write the show are not involved in making the commercials. Anyway, um, I have seen uh, Castle, and it is really good. Uh, I It's one of those that I, I keep thinking, like, oh, well, maybe I should check it out, especially if it's on Netflix or something like that, and uh, and catch back up on it. Um, but I don't know what he's talking about. Every week when we do what we've been watching, I talk about television shows. All yeah, the but he's talking fall. about cool TV shows, not like <laughs> Two Broke Girls. The whole whoa, whoa, okay. Last year I watched all of Two Broke Girls. You know but how the whole you know how close season. I was on your birthday to get you the Blu-ray of Two Broke Girls, but it was like forty-four bucks. I'm like, fuck that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Wow. That joke isn't worth forty-four dollars. No, it's not. <laughs> Is it even a twenty-four episode season? <laughs> yeah. Um. But this whole fall season, I've been watching every new show yeah, I guess as much as I been. can to yeah. try and to try and check out and find find the good ones. You know, so. Russell will take an advisement of having what TV we've been watching. The problem is, is James is really the only one who watches TV, so we just lump it in together with yeah. you know yeah, yeah. stuff we've been watching. But if there comes a time when I'm able to sit down and watch more TV shows, not just The Walking Dead and yeah, the Kitchen Walking Nightmares, then I'll it, take um, it. We'll talk about like like The Walking Dead when it comes out. We tend to all, all talk about it week to week because we've all seen it. Um, but like it's hard for me, you know. Yeah, I watch a lot of television throughout the week, but it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, this week this happened on uh, American Horror be, Story. And let's be fair because we can't all talk about that, and that doesn't cause a, a, an interesting conversation. And let's be fair too. When James says watches TV, he really doesn't. He steals it off the internet and watches <laughs> TV. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you're really not you know watching TV. Well, but I would. No, you I, wouldn't. You're, no. Not, you're not helping the TV medium continue by stealing their stuff. I'm not helping the TV and medium continue because... And you know what? You're not helping I, the stunt coordinator on a TV show when he is trying to make an honest living for his family. Well, there's not, defense, a, there's so. not a rating box in my house, so it doesn't actually matter. Nobody's monitoring what I watch. In James' defense, a lot of networks are moving all their programming to the internet, so yeah. you could just stream it for free. Like NBC, I've been watching The Office on yeah. the web instead of... Yeah, but you know what? You're the, right, sir, uh, boss. The, no, the, re- yeah. the reason is, is because wrong. I I I work <laughs> I work most nights, so by the time I get home, I, all of the TV stuff has already aired. Um, yeah, no, so I'm that's just, why I'm but, just picking on James. No, I know. So thanks everybody who tweeted us and didn't email us, but someone called us. Remember, if you want to hear your voice, well, we didn't answer his question about Marigold, which know. is that yeah, we I I fully intend to see Exotic Marigold Hotel, especially before the end of the year, uh, and I think he's right. It it probably will be. Maybe maybe not Oscar contender, but you know it'll be one that you might see pop up on people's end of the year list. I'm looking forward to Judy Dench next week. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> then that then I definitely should see it this week because then we, next week we can talk about two Judy Dench movies. We could. Mm. Cool. Thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Appreciate the shout outs. Guess what, guys? What? A movie that's been in theaters three weeks is the number one movie this week. What movie is it? Let's check out some box office mojo stats. This is the box office stats. Why did you just close your eyes like that, Leith? Like it was a horrible introduction. Did you break your Cause collarbone? Because you, you called it box office mojo stats instead of just box office stats. Well, we still from well, yeah, but that way box office mojo dot com. Yeah, that when way he plugs check for sponsorship. You can call it box office mojo. Stats. <laughs> <laughs> just like when you know, I don't. I should Super Bowl halftime show sponsored by Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I appreciate that. boxofficemojo.com providing yeah. me with box office stats. Anyways, the number one movie last week was Argo with I'm $12 really million. Dollars. It's holding up really well because it's, you know, everybody really seems to enjoy the movie. Yeah. And it's but still the Oscar frontrunner, I believe. I would see Hotel Transylvania or Silent Hill hitting number one before 
Argo, and Silent Hill ended up at five. The movie we saw was at two. I'm not surprised Silent Hill. I mean, was it really even promoted? And and when the lady in the trailer says her her bean is like the worst American accent ever. Oh yeah, but I just expect horror movies to do well, especially with the the teenager audience and and a movie like Cloud Atlas to sink. Um, yeah, the, not only because of the way it was sold, but because it, with with a three hour movie, there's only so many showings for the day. So yeah, the Cloud Atlas always had an uphill battle, and it will never make its money back. It oh, made nine no. million dollars. I think it's there's projected to do like four million this weekend. So it'd probably be at fifteen million by What's the end the of the budget? week. Probably two hundred million would be my guess. Oof. At least. Well, John Carter isn't the number one flop of the year then. <laughs> it's uh no 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 John, John Carter, Carter came still... out this year. Holy crap, dude! Yeah, I always forget what movies come out because I've seen so many fucking movies this year. Every as I was going through my list, I realized I didn't put Piranha Three Double D on it. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that movie came out this year. I broke uh, I broke sixty this week, and every time somebody says something about the five year engagement, it blows my mind. <laughs> right? I'm like, holy shit! I forgot about that movie, dude. You know, Ghost Rider came out this year. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, that's another one. That, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of a lot of March and April movies. If you if you mention them, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. That was that was a, a Coons age ago. A Coons age. Yeah, Coons age. How do you? tell how old a coon is i'm not entirely sure live that long yeah i yeah i think that's why i think it's kind of like dog years or something gotcha. it's a weird hick southern probably somebody will tell me it's actually racist uh, i don't know <laughs> sure it is it's a weird it's a weird uh midwestern southern thing be proud of how m- many movies you saw i also did a a quick count of my ticket stubs and it's close to 70 so. no way wow. wow yeah wow you saw way does more that include all me. your uh ex- esquire movies uh, like I guess that's true. Yeah, some oh, of those okay. are, which I okay. won't count. No, no, I oh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, unless the it's a premiere. You, yeah, well, I mean, I guess I could include all the shorts I saw this year. I tell you, right, Horror Fest. It's like uh, twenty of them. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, thanks, boxofficemojo.com. It's DVD and Blu-ray time, boys. DVD releases and Blu-rays. What the fuck kind of voice was that? I'm trying to be. Is your dumbass voice entertaining? Think. Entertaining, and it's sound it comes across. Welcome as to stupid. the podcast. That's me. That's I what, can introduce categories like Ryan too. Me. <laughs> me. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! That's a bad look. He's giving us a nasty look. And the podcast is over. Oh, oh mic drop! He just he just slammed <laughs> the mic against his balls. Oh, he just slammed the door. He's out of here. Oh, he's getting in the car. <laughs> Wait, he's this giving, is he's his house. Us the fingers Where's he going? Fuck you, motherfuckers. I'll give this one to you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the big release this week is The Amazing Spider-Man. But hey, hey, moviegoers. Not on Tuesday. This comes out on Friday. Whoa, what? It does. I didn't even realize Wait. that. Friday today or Friday next Friday? Next week. Comes out on November 9th. So when all the new stuff comes out like it normally would on Tuesday, you have to still have to wait four more days to get Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. What? Dick move. Yeah, I guess Sony so, really wants to cannibalize not only the home video market but also the theater market with Skyfall. So that makes. In case no, you're planning on seeing Skyfall this weekend, why not go home with Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> See both. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why they would do that. I, I never understood Sony. that they do that every once in a while. I know they did it with the Hunger Games, and did they really? Oh, wow. yeah, a couple other movies. I forget, um, but they're starting to do that. I. I guess because a family says, oh, I never got a chance to see Spider-Man in the theater, so if I buy the Blu-ray for $22, then I can show it to my whole family at home instead of spending money to go out to the movie theater. I don't understand it at all. Um, uh, I think if they really wanted to make a lot of money, they would put Arthur Christmas out on Friday instead of Tuesday. I think Arthur Christmas could really, you know, 
generate a lot of money on Friday. Yeah, probably. That's another Sony one, I think. Because it Gosh. generated so much money the first time it came out on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, every time I see a poster for that, I am I, I forget that that movie ever came out. I keep a on year getting ago. cramps in my fucking leg. You want some leg mitol? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of Leg Midol, but maybe I need some. Yeah. Um, so Arthur Christmas is also coming out. You, you need Leg Midol for when you pussyfoot around. Um, <laughs> oh, look at this guy. He's a writer. He's a writer. Uh, yeah, Arthur <laughs> Christmas comes out this week, yeah. And what else, James? I, I stopped at Spider-Man this week. Because there's not a lot of big stuff. Uh, there's a Blu-ray release, uh, a re-release of The Muppet Christmas Carol, which I love. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles gets, gets a Blu-ray release. That movie in a while. It's good. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's, a, that's one I may have to make sure I pick up. Uh, as well as Guys and Dolls gets one of those really awesome book Blu-ray releases. But uh, Those blue uh, book Blu-rays are really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> They're kind of annoying because, like, when I eventually move out, uh, I'm going to build myself a new Blu-ray rack. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is if you if you build it so that all of the you you can just push all the Blu-rays back to the back of the shelf, those those book ones are longer, so they stick yeah, out. Yeah, they stick out farther than the yeah. The form factor cases. is weird. You guys, that's just being um, picky. Picky. Well, you know, enjoy the exclusive photos and the behind the scenes uh, yeah. uh, stuff they talk about. Okay. <laughs> Hey, it's really hard to go home and stare at my Blu-ray collection and jerk off if I keep getting distracted like that. It's just... Um, Wait, you jerk off to your Blu-ray collection? I'm, it's really pretty. No, that's horrible. That sound, <laughs> that does not sound pretty. I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, you're talking about the Blu-rays. Oh, my pretty, God. Pretty, not the active you masturbating. Prisoner is so amazing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> of course I had it torrent the Blu-ray of the Spanish Prisoner because it's so shitty no one else has ever heard of it. <laughs> hey, I never got a Blu-ray. There's not a Blu-ray of that movie. My point exactly. Oh, we also didn't talk about Bad Bush, which comes out this week as well. All yeah, right, moving on. That sounds great. So, <laughs> the digital bits. You can, we uh, thank you for supplying us with DVD release information and wonderful box art to Bad Bush. Is there a way I can support them by clicking on all the stuff, and then that sends me to Amazon? And if I buy stuff there, it sends them money too. Absolutely. You know, That's digital cool. bitch. You listen to our podcast. Say, you know what? For a whole year and a half, these guys have been pimping our website. They follow us. They do. Yeah. Is that because we followed them? Probably. Okay. <laughs> so a robot follows us? Yeah. Well, you know, like, uh, my completely... <laughs> spot. I like Brad. You're on point today. I like it. <laughs> my almost completely unused Twitter account, that's just my personal one, is followed by Tom Cruise, but I don't follow Tom Cruise. Because nice. I followed Tom Cruise, he followed me back, and then I unfollowed Tom Cruise. You can't follow Tom Cruise because the Scientologists will t- stop you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You can't follow Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise follows you. <laughs> <laughs> the new trailer for Jack Reacher I thought looked pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like Tom Cruise. I don't that care what ending he says. is weird with the like putting on the baseball cap and then you know, they put the credits up and then he's sitting with that guy on the bus and yeah. he's kind of yeah. smirking and then I, it ends. I like that scene, but honestly, anytime there's a trailer where it's like, this guy doesn't even listen to the law. He ru- He's going by his own rules. Sure, he's take the lawyer. I don't care. And oh, on second thought, I want to kill And you. what did yeah, tell James in the trailer is, I don't think he was running in the trailer. So This is true. Yeah, <laughs> I could use more. Yeah, like when he jumps out of the car, he walks. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Tom Cruise? You run. Yeah, Tom Cruise is the best runner in Hollywood. Tom Cruise, if your feet are on the ground, you better be running. <laughs> Unspool some real news, guys. It's real news. Nothing happened. This Nothing week. happened this week at all. Yeah, so, moving on. Moving on. Yep. I mean, there's really no need to talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a week! Or, 
Or, or so, do you guys hear that Amy Heckerling's new movie Vamps <laughs> went straight to DVD? Oh no! That, did it really? It is bullshit. Oh, that is the biggest know, I, news of the week. Actually, here's the thing: I didn't know that. I didn't really? know that Amy that that movie went straight to DVD. I saw the trailer, and it should, deserves to just go straight to the trash. I've never seen. <laughs> a trailer for it. I maybe know Disney should help him out and pick up pick up the movie for a theatrical release. Totally, that's unfair. Actually, maybe, Anyways. maybe Vamps is a is a real just gold mine of comedy, <laughs> uh, but I doubt it. Do you know she directed Look Who's Talking? <laughs> I did not know that about her. Really? Uh, I don't know why I laughed. Look Who's Talking, or maybe I just read an interview movie. where she was talking about Look Who's Talking and everybody did a baby movie. I don't know some shit about me not really paying attention to her interview. <laughs> hey, what's the uh, real news this week, James? Um, so. There was this one guy, and he spent his entire life building up a company, and then he sold it to Disney. Nice. And it's a big deal. It's and a really big deal. If you don't already know this happened, it's because big deal. you were living on Mars under a rock. Uh, yeah, George Lucas sold Luke, all of Lucasfilm to Disney for $4 billion. $4 billion. $4 billion is what his life's work is worth. And I've okay. Honestly, if I you know made Star Wars and I made billions of dollars on it anyways, and someone came and said, "Hey, here's four billion dollars if you give me that name," okay. Yeah. Well, it's not just the name. I mean, that's all of all of Skywalker Sound. That's all of mm-hmm. all of Lucasfilm. Uh, Wait, it's even huge. Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of those residuals for Howard the Duck go to. Well, Disney maybe we'll now. finally get a proper Blu-ray release of American Graffiti. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Oh, that's because, actually... Because Disney... Well, no, no, no. That's not owned by Lucasfilm. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, freaking yeah, yeah. Universal. That been, well, yeah. the other thing is, like, the existing movies are still owned by, like, 20th Century Fox. Uh, and, yeah. Um, a New Hope is going to be owned by Paramount. 20th Century Fox forever. Uh, and then the the uh, 5 and 6 will revert back to Lucasfilm in 2020. So there will never be a big box set again. Um, like of all of the movies, unless they do a big deal, which will probably happen. But so well, they I, did I shouldn't it for say the never, Avengers. <laughs> but but what it means is that Forever Fox is still going to be making money on on Star Wars. Yeah. Um, That's a weird scenario. Like, yeah. eventually you're going to pop up, pop in the DVD, and then instead of like the 20th Century Fox fanfare in front of the Star Wars movie, it's going to be oh shit that 3D Disney stuff. Cinderella's not, Castle. I had not thought of that. You just blew my mind because yeah. that is one of the cool things when you go the see a Star Wars like, movie. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. Like it's, it's gonna... and then it even cuts to the Lucasfilm logo. You yeah, know I mean? well, and the music like fades in and out. Like when you when I hear that music, the 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 twentieth century Fox music, I then in my head start singing the, the Star Wars theme. Right. Like honestly, I do. Yeah. That's mm. cr- you just blew. That's that's yeah. bigger than the actual news <laughs> itself. Holy shit! Suck um, on that one, nerds. <laughs> maybe maybe because it was the production company at the time the movie was made, it'll still be on the DVDs. Um. But maybe I don't but know. But anyway, so they sold the company. He sold the rights to the characters and the future movies yes. to Disney. Yep. Which is funny because I, I'll never forget uh, a while ago. I don't know if it's on the podcast, but we were always talking about how sweet would it be if someone made a Star Wars movie and it wasn't George Lucas. Yeah. And now we're going to get our wish. And, One, well, that's and, already happened with Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But well, <laughs> but his his he was pretty involved in those movies well, uh, well he's still gonna have a hand in the new ones just... yeah but he will be quote-unquote creative consultant uh which basically means people can say no to him uh which is the thing that hasn't been happening for the last 30 years and the reason why star wars is so shitty now um it's still not that shitty i think episode three is really good no but but, but you know what i mean yeah, no, like, no, you've, no i agree you've watched those but... dvd features and you can see every time he walks into the room everybody shuts up he goes around and highlights the things he wants and walks out of the room and no one ever says hey george you're wrong 
Like, and that's the thing that's going to be different now. Is that now somebody who somebody's going to come on? Hopefully, somebody like a Spielberg who wants to actually make a great movie and work as a team and and draw the best out of the people around them. Uh, and hopefully, they're going to make something really, really special. I think so too. And I think also one of the biggest news bits from that is they have a new movie set for 2015. Yeah, this is the other shoe though, because like. I, personally, I think it's good news that they sold to Disney. But if you say you're going to try and make pump out a movie in two years, like uh, I guess the scuttlebutt is me. they've already got the script done. Oh, yeah, I, like that's what so. I'm saying too. Because you know, a deal like this isn't going to happen overnight. No. Not, George Lucas isn't going to wake up like, "What? Disney wants to buy me for four billion? Done." Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people forget too that Disney and Star Wars have a pretty close relationship, anyways. Uh, I mean, they have two attractions at their theme parks that are 30 years old, I want to say, 30, yeah. 25, 30 years old. Um, when I was there uh, on my honeymoon this last year, I got a Donald Duck who's in the shape of a stormtrooper and a Mickey who's in Luke Skywalker getup. So they go back a long way. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone, you know, who would deserves a second chance, Andrew Stanton, John Carter, gets a chance to direct a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And to have what, what I mean is someone else to make it is someone else writes the story, someone else visualizes yeah. the story and yeah. I think could set up a really cool movie. Yeah. Um the uh the interesting thing is that now since it's happened we've started finding out that like Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill have known for a year. Uh it's clear that that uh George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy have been talking about this for a while. Um so it is entirely possible that they you know know exactly what they're doing but they didn't when they announced they didn't show us anything they didn't tell us these are the people working on it or anything like that so it it just felt like hey we bought this thing we're gonna do something really real quick and it, it you that's, know why? that's the problem because they have comic-con and the d23 convention in may oh well, yeah oh it won't be comic-con i'm sure it'll just be d23 because I, I, they're, they're gonna hold on to it and well, yeah. you know, too, it might even help George Lucas because now he's freed from all the stuff he's created. Yeah. And now maybe he says, you know what? I have an idea for a movie. I'm not going to be tied to Star Wars. I'm going to be tied to Indiana Jones or any of that other stuff. Now I can just kind of make a movie I want to make. And yeah. Well, he, Indiana Jones is Lucasfilm, too. So, like, does Disney get a piece of Indiana Jones now? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yes. Future movies are thinking now of Disney. If I read the article, like probably. Paramount's already. That's got funny. Them, I, I can't believe I didn't specifically go but looking see, for the Indiana the Jones. The thing with Lucas Films, though, is they're all independent movies. They're all independently financed by Lucas, and then they're just distributed by Paramount or 20th Century Fox. Yeah. So. Well, except for uh, American Graffiti. Except for American <laughs> Graffiti. Is that Universal? I think so. Yeah. Oh, well, because that was before he was. Yeah, before he was anybody. It was, yeah. Before he had Star Wars. So, Wars. you know what? Maybe he can, you know, sit down and think of a movie he really wants to make and. Maybe he'll be good. I think part of the cool thing is uh, he's he has said in the last couple of days that most of that four billion. This, this actually to me is sort of crazy, fantastic, but sort of crazy. The majority of that four billion dollars he's giving away to charity, um, which is just let you know. I, I opened it that way to say like this guy has really worked his whole life and built something amazing, and no matter what we say about how much I fucking hate him. Um, he made my childhood like he yeah. was a huge well, part of who i am today who did, and then he he sells it all off after all that work and gives it to charity because that's how cool he is he's always been like that though who do we I'm drawing a blank right here we talked to somebody was it uh the guy who directed chili who did sound at lucasfilm and he's and no he's, it was Raphael. No, Raphael. And he says yeah, all yeah. he did was ask him and they said yeah, yeah. sure yeah because yeah, yeah. skywalker sound like they they are so into helping out indie films that you you can just ask them for stuff like that and they're really open to it which is awesome yeah so um, and hopefully yeah. that doesn't change and now he can make a school about it yeah you know you can make a school for movie making and 
the nice thing is, is that Lucasfilm as an entity is going to stick around. Uh, so hopefully that kind of a mentality won't won't change. Um, it won't all of, all of a sudden just be all Disney because um, Kathleen Kennedy is going to run that whole section of yep. basically section of Disney. And she's a really smart lady. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, she worked with Spielberg, and I Spielberg is the greatest filmmaker of our generation. I mean, I love oh, yeah. Sam, I love Sam Raimi. He's my favorite director. But when you're talking about a filmmaker and a guy who makes his films as contemporary movies exactly yeah. there's no one greater than spielberg so to have his producing partner being in charge of lucas films i think is a good thing i yeah. don't i don't think i think everything that's come out of this is a good thing the donation to charity disney making the movies and then you know give somebody else the opportunity to make star wars films because now the people who want to make star wars films grew up with star wars films so they're going to care about it they're going to want to make great performances and and that's all you can hope for oh uh we didn't talk about the fact that not just do they want to make one by 2015. Uh, obviously, they want to make the whole make it a, a new trilogy, and they would like to put out a movie every two to three years. Um, now, I think it's a little bit hazy on whether they mean they want to put out the trilogy two or three years apart, or if they mean that after that they want to do it James Bond style, where they put out a movie like an actual Star Wars movie every two to three years. Uh, I, I certainly don't want them to wear this thing out, but. Um, I don't think they will. I mean, the, the universe time, is so rich. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's the thing. Do like, so many things with it. You could start telling Kyle Katarn stories, and I would love those movies. Uh, as long as you have a good story to tell, um, and you have a, a fresh angle, I think that's part of what's wrong with those those sequels. Is that they're the same story? Um, they're the prequels. I mean, but it's definitely it was interesting. I, I think blew, it's exciting. It blew up the internet I, for, a, for a day or so. It's the same thing when Marvel went to Disney. I think it's a good thing because now you got not only the characters there, but now you have a huge behemoth behind it that will push it and market it. And I don't care what anybody says. People can think of Disney as the big bad, but they care about their characters and they're going to make sure that, you know, everything's treated properly. And they and might take a, make a misstep or something, but it's not for lack of trying, I don't think. Right. Because you know our favorite franchise are going to be under either Warner Brothers or Disney. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's funny. Back when J.J. Uh, Abrams made the new Star Trek movie, he said that part of why he wanted to do that was because he knew he would never get to make a Star Wars movie, and he wanted that to be his Star <laughs> Wars movie. And the and truth now is, is now, I mean... I don't know if how crazy would that be. He does Star <laughs> Trek, and they offer him Star Wars. That would be awesome. Yeah, I I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but be just awesome. just just to open it up and say, like, dude, anybody could do a Star Wars movie. Like, they could approach Christopher Nolan, or they could approach <laughs> Sam Raimi, or anybody. Like, they, oh, Sam Raimi, he's Disney. already in they the could, Disney wheelhouse now too. Yeah, they with could Oz. They could they could throw enough money around there and get anybody. They they could get Steven Spielberg actually because they don't have. You know, problems with being outside of uh, the DGA, so um, yep, none of those classic Star Wars problems would would occur. And now that I think I think Spielberg promised he would never direct a Star Wars because that's yeah. his friend's baby. So yeah, well, but George Lucas are, are also some years ago said that he didn't want Star Wars to live beyond him, like that he didn't that's want true. Star Wars movies to may, be made after he died. And then he did this and said, "Hey, I want somebody else to start making Star Wars movies." So. You know, a lot of time is going to happen, and we're going to get some news constantly coming in. So, yeah, hopefully, we'll know something about where it's going. Yeah, you know, one of the great things I read a book called Darth Plagueis, and it was Darth Plagueis is the who trained Darth Sidious, who trained Darth Vader, right. Darth Maul. Um, but one of the rules that every Sith Lord broke was there wasn't one apprentice; there was always more than one. 
So even though Darth Vader's dead and the Emperor's dead, I'm sure there's another apprentice out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. And hopefully he's as badass as Darth Maul. Dude, yeah, you always... They've been writing books about Star Wars for so long, everybody has found a way to bring out, like, oh, there's, you know, some guy in this corner and he's evil too. Like, it's easy. And you know what? Even if the bad guys weren't Sith, that would be a good story too. Yep. There's all kinds of cool characters and cool ideas in that universe that... It so is, many. Uh, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. No, Han Solo should not be the bad guy. No, I don't like Never a bad guy. <laughs> well, Han Solo has questionable moral standing, though. Yeah. And if it were me, I would not... I would not bring Carrie Fisher and what if what if Disney goes back and re-edits the movies and makes them how they were originally released in the theater? So (laughs) gives people exactly what they want. That's that's the other thing is that we probably won't see them messing with those movies anymore. Um, And they're also it it sounds like they may stop doing the 3D conversions of the uh, the original trilogy. They've said that they're definitely going to do. Oh yeah, those those are already on the release schedule. I'm sure they're probably close to being done. Yeah, but I, I, I just I, I saw someplace in the many, many articles I read about this where they said that, that two and three were still on the slate, but, but that the other three were kind of up the ones in the people air. care about. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame. I'm sure it'll end up happening. Uh, I'm sure. Disney releases, releases everything in 3D right now, so why not? Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Disney's one of the big 3D people, so yeah. There. Yeah, it'll happen. Never mind. Um, also this week, Brian Singer is returning to the X-Men. Yeah. Um, not that surprising. Because after Matthew Vaughn dropped out, uh, you kind of had the feeling that Brian Singer was interested in revisiting the X-Men yeah. stuff. Well, the, the only reason he didn't do it was because he or didn't do the third one was because he was doing Superman. Superman, yeah. You know, which was awful. Uh, or, you know, it didn't it See, didn't do what, it, what he wanted yeah, it to be. I don't think Superman Returns is an awful movie. I, no. I, th- I think it's well made. I think it is. Yeah, just yeah, not something I would ever movie. watch. Again. Yeah, it just Pretty nothing well. really happens. Yeah. You know. Well, and then he's having such a hard time with uh, Jack the Giant Killer, Slayer. Slayer. Shit. Um, that I, I think going back to to some fertile ground where he uh, knows what he's doing um, and and where people are going to give him some control would probably be good for him. Uh, I think so too. Because obviously people are just fucking with Jack the Giant Slayer a little too much for him. Otherwise, it would be out by now. Like we saw a trailer yeah. a year ago or something like that. I think it comes out March now, I believe. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Not at all. Uh, so, but also, Spider-Man news again because yeah. they're going to have to start shooting the new sequel really soon. Oh yeah, I'm guessing in January, February, sometime around then. Yeah, um, Jamie Fox is in talks to play Electro for <laughs> Spider-Man Two. Yeah, he had a really. It all started from a tweet where he said that for Halloween he was dressing up as Electro and that the costume felt really good, um, which is a funny way to break news. Which is bullshit because Electro was white in the comics. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it all goes back to that lady at Comic Con say, yeah. saying that saying that that kid dressed up as Green Lantern couldn't be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what's his name? John Stewart. John, John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart. Well, it also goes back to you know. Remember, Donald Glover was gonna. Didn't he audition to be oh, Peter yeah. Parker as well? Yeah. And some people. Well, well, or he was yeah. toying with the idea, but again, it doesn't matter. I'm just being. The decided that should happen. That was really. And Jamie Foxx is a great actor, so. Oh yeah, I bet it'll be great. And I think Electro will look really cool on screen. Yeah, and it's a different kind of thing for Spider-Man. He's not fighting a scientist. He's not fighting, you know, a monster. He's just fighting a dude with superpowers. Oh, yep. what a surprise! The black man's a villain again. <laughs> oh. And that's the most racist thing on the podcast. Was press. <laughs> that's more racist than coon years. Um, <laughs> no, it's just prejudice. <laughs> the, yeah, the real news here is that it, it's them confirming that uh, that it's going to be Electro, which I which think is cool. Uh, I'm actually. 
I'm gonna guess he's not gonna be the only villain in that movie. Really? I don't know, this is oh. this is this is my take on it because it's Ultimate Spider-Man. Is I believe Norman Osborn is going to think of it because the lizard was kind of an accident. Yeah, and so he's gonna take what uh, Kurt Connors and Peter Parker figured out and kind of make his goblin formula and he's going to test it on somebody first yeah and it's going to make electro happen and at the end of the movie we're going to see the green goblin yeah and that's but that's not that's not the same as like a spider-man 3 where you've got at least two villains through the whole movie oh yeah no no having a villain show up at the end is totally different yeah Um, i I, I, I I think more of an overarching i mean i think he's gonna norman osborne's gonna have an appearance in the movie and he's gonna be a character oh yeah and uh at the end i think he's gonna show up as a green goblin and i I, i'm racking my head of who i want to play the green goblin (laughs) but i haven't thought of anybody willem dafoe uh you know he's dead (laughs) in spider-man lore willem dafoe is dead breaking news yeah but no, I I don't mind. I think Jamie Foxx is a cool actor and, yeah. you know, something different. It'll be cool. Yeah, it'll definitely shake that character up. Electra is one of those, like, very traditional comic booky characters where it's like, oh, no, he fell into the giant electrical thing and now he's got <laughs> yeah. electrical powers. Like, it's not... It's not going to work. You know. Um, and also, yeah, I heard you, they're you've, you've casting Harry Osborn, too. Oh, I'm sure they are. So, yeah, they've definitely got moving forward with that. I'm yeah. guessing it's going to take place in college. I'd hope not. I hope they keep him in high school. I, well, I, I think he's a senior in Amazing Spider-Man. That's fine. It can be like three weeks later. <laughs> I, I I really don't want them to do like the other ones did, where the next thing you know, he's got to figure out how to pay rent. Like, no, 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 no. I want, I want. Don't you know Parker's luck, Parker. dude? That's what happens. No, You're one of those weird guys. I want Peter Parker to be in high school for fifty years. No, no, no not for fi- <laughs> not for fifty years. But I would like a few movies you know, where he's in high school. You know, that's the reason why Peter for... Parker is not going to be in the new Spider-Man comic. But the, it's because people like you. No, the original the original Spider-Man movie. He's not even in in high school through that whole movie. Right? Isn't he? Isn't he living on his own by the end of the movie? In the first one? No. Oh, he is. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Harry Osborn. Yeah, he moves in with Harry Osborn. I knew I wasn't crazy. So yeah, we didn't. We never got a full. Like one or two movies where he was in in high school, and uh, I think that's part of what is neat and interesting about Spider about Peter Parker is that he is like totally a kid, you know. Unlike a a Tony a, a, a Tony Stark or you know a Batman, where like they're grown up adults and they should know how to deal with things. Like Peter Parker doesn't, you know. He has a hard time, and that's what part of why I like him. Just saying. But you're also not a Spider-Man fan, really, so you have no saying in this. What? What? <laughs> How am I not a Spider-Man fan? Oh, I'm just kidding. It's a bullshit, man. What's the next piece of news you got for me, Jim? Uh, I just want to talk about this because it makes my heart really, really happy. Uh, Universal is talking about making a lock and key trilogy uh, and still going forward with having uh, uh, Kurtzman and Orsi be the writers. You know, a year ago, we've, we've, we talked about the fact that there was a pilot for lock and key which is a comic book that is my favorite uh, comic book that I read right now. Um, of course, it's on hiatus, so I'm not. I guess that doesn't really count. But anyway, um, it is the one of my favorite things. Just in anything, it is one of my favorite things. You should check it out. Um, and they tried to make a pilot for the show, and it just the, the truth is, Fox basically said that it was too good, and that they didn't think they could see it as a show because the first episode was so much of the story and so compact that they didn't think they could keep it going like that every week. Um, and so now they're talking about trying to make it into a, a trilogy, which I think would be amazing. Um, it's such a fantastic story. Uh, and the world that it, that it takes place in is so creative and terrifying and character driven. 
that I think that if you made one movie that was just basically the first book where we sort of get introduced to this world and the players of this world, um, I think you would totally have people hooked and I think you could bring people back for three movies, uh, especially because it's not that expensive. You know, you're talking about a house and there'd be some special effects and things. I guess it's really contained. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you just have sets built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just some sets and the sets are just a house. Um, I mean, they were able to do it for the TV show. Uh, I, I don't see why it would have to be that expensive for a movie. Um, you know, if, if you tried to shoot them all at once, that would probably be crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be f- amazing. I, it would it would be my most anticipated thing if they actually decided to do this. Yeah. Yeah. The reason, yeah. I, I think it'd be interesting. I think um, if they could capture the weirdness of it, yeah, I think it could really work well. And I think you could do the terrifying aspects a whole lot better oh, yeah. on on screen than you well, could you're not do inhibited on at all. Yeah, I mean, if it were on AMC, as we have seen the last yeah. couple of weeks, you could get away with literally anything. Um, but as far as like the, just the tonal aesthetics and stuff like that, not having commercial breaks would be huge. Uh, because then, man, you could really deal with some of the amazing ideas that are in that book. Uh, so all of that to say, you, if you haven't bought or read Lock and Key, you got to run out and get Lock and Key. Or you just wait till the new one comes out and then James lets you borrow it and you just read it from him. <laughs> How is that different for torrenting? Uh, Community comes back for you season four. You paid for it and you're letting me read it. Uh, <laughs> community is going to come back. I promise it is, but it's it's coming back to Thursdays too, which is good. That means it's not a death slot on Friday, uh, but it's also coming back in February, which is a long time from now. It is. Yeah, it's one. I, it's just one of the shows they don't know what to do with. Yeah, unfortunately. I, yeah, and uh, rest of development will also come back in April as well. So it's going to be a while. But that show, that's different. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Big week in news, guys. Yeah, it is comic book corner time. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. Now, I know we got done talking about Spider-Man, but I'm going to go ahead and recommend everybody start picking up Amazing Spider-Man because it is ending in December with issue 700. And right now they're kind of setting up a bunch of... Uh, Dan Slott's been an Amazing Spider-Man writer for almost 100 issues now, so he's wow. been setting up all these threads that he's going to tie up. Um, I, I, it's, it's mixed feelings for me big time. Because, one, I know for a fact that Spider-Man is not going to be Peter Parker. Um, but it's kind of cool to see... I, I don't know. Like, the, 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 how they're setting up the story is kind of interesting. They had Spider-Man's sidekick for a couple issues, which I thought was a horrible idea. But I actually liked how it was resolved. Um, he was created by Peter Parker, because Peter Parker works in this lab now. And he became so powerful that he was dangerous. He was scaring Captain America and Iron Man... And uh, so he was reckless and he was making all his powers go crazy and it made um, airplanes fall out of the sky. So Iron Man had to save these all these airplanes. And so, you know, Captain America said, you got to do something about him, uh, Parker. And so he said, OK, so Peter tricked him into having training sessions at his lab. And then when he stepped into the lab, he removed all his powers from him. So it was kind of like with like an anti-power laser. Uh no, it's a, it's scientific, but I mean, I'm sure it's guess. like stupid science. I mean, oh I, yeah, it's comic I, book science. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly the words I used, yeah. but um, you so, release a, a cell penetrating anti power gas into the room and then shoot him with lasers to make yeah. him unconscious, and then 
suck the gas back out and it takes all his powers with him and puts him in a bottle. But I just, it's, I just wrote the issue. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> but now they're dealing with the Hobgoblin and Kingpin, which hmm. I always thought was an interesting thing. Uh, the Hobgoblin, who's the Hobgoblin right now, his name's Phil Urich, who was uh, the good Green Goblin. It's a really long story, but he went crazy and he killed the original Hobgoblin, or so he thought. And the original Hobgoblin's back now. And there's like a goblin fight. The Kingpin's in the middle um, because they're trying to get unlock Norman Osborn's secret stuff. So I'm hoping Norman Osborn shows up. Dr. Octopus is going to die. Um, so there's a really big climax to the Spider-Man story. So you should pick up Spider-Man while you can because it's getting interesting. Cool. And, and issue 700, I think, comes out in December. Yeah. And it might be interesting, especially if you're somebody who's excited about Marvel now and them rebooting all of mm-hmm. Spider-Man, sort of rebooting. Um, it might be interesting to see where they left it and have a little bit of a an idea. Yeah, I hope they don't kill Peter Parker because I hope they leave the door open for Peter Parker to come back. And they certainly shouldn't kill Peter Parker because killing Peter Parker's already been done. Yep, and it's unnecessary. Yeah, and because and if the if you kill Peter Parker in six one six, we all know he's going to come back. You're going to revive him in a couple years or reboot yeah. the series. Like it's not like an Ultimates where you can kill him and it has emotional impact because he's dead. I, I really hope because they're getting rid of Amazing and they're launching the Superior Spider Man. I hope that they have a different Spider-Man for a while, and then yeah. Peter Parker comes back because he's crazy or whatever. Sure. Yeah, Peter Parker has stopped being Spider-Man before. But uh, just so you know, though, issue 700 will be $8. Uh, wow. It's uh, 124 $7. pages. No way. Yeah. Wow. But what's cool about How many it, of those pages are ads? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I, what's cool about I was reading the solicit for it is the main story is written by Dan Slott, but mm-hmm. they they're bringing back all their major writers. To, they're each contributing a story to it. Oh, very cool. Um, J.M.D. Matisse is I'm really looking forward to. He did Craven's Last Hunt and The Child Within. Um, some guys who haven't done Spider-Man in a long time. So make sure you pick up Spider-Man. Not um, a Stan Lee, was there? Uh, I think he is doing like a little story. Ooh. So, they just sold me an $8 issue. So make sure you pick it up. I know I'm going to be really poor that week because I think there's four different variant covers. <laughs> and one's really badass, Spider-Man swinging through the city and the cityscape is all the names of the creators who made Spider-Man. Oh, that's so, cool. Or contributed to it, so it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pick up The Amazing Spider-Man because you might not get very much. Well, I'm sure it'll come back, but hey, for a while at least. My comic shop near me is pretty shitty. Is there a better place where I can go? There to is. You can go to Colorado, Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada. And cool, they, and I'm sure if you talk to Andrew, he'll reserve you as many copies as you want. Oh, so it's not like dark and nobody ever helps you if you go in there? No, it's not at all that oh, way. Oh, cool. It all is right. very friendly. Cool. Actually, I was there this week, and... Um, all the lights were on. <laughs> and Andrew left early. He, I guess he leaves early on Tuesdays. And I was there, and uh, I got my comics, and I was flipping through it, and my Angel and Faith wasn't the Rebecca Isaacs cover, <gasps> the Wizard of Oz one, which is amazing. I, I Yeah. And so I went to the the shelf, and they only had one issue left, and it was the Wizard of Oz one. Shit. So I grabbed it, and I went up to the front, and Bruce was checking out people. And I said, hey, Bruce, this comic comes with two covers, and I just want this cover. But I wanted to give you my hold slot one, because you get 20% off at Colorado Coins and Cards and Comics if you get a hold slot. Yeah. And I said, I don't want you to put this one out there, because the price is less. And he says, what the, What are you talking about? I don't even, what do you, what do you want to do with this now? <laughs> And uh, Bruce knows absolutely nothing about comics, so it's kind of funny. But if you want to know about coins and sports memorabilia, that's a guy to talk to. Nice. Um, So it was really funny. I had to explain to him that there's a a cover A and a cover B, and that I'm in love with Rebecca Isaac, so I wanted uh, cover B. I'm going to have to call my store and tell them to start giving me cover Bs because I, I selected them mm-hmm. online, but they, they I don't think they pay enough attention to it because I only got cover A this month, and I was very sad. See, and that's scary, too, because Angel and Faith isn't like a really 
high ordered yeah. comic. I think I, I don't even know if it's in the top one hundred. Yeah. So very slim pickings. Well, I've got a couple of days off this week. I'll, I'm gonna run around to a couple of stores and try and find it because right, do you need the Wizard beautiful. of Oz one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see one, I'll pick one up for yeah, you. Yeah, please do. And uh, there's me pimping out Angel and Faith too because this book's uh, still really good. Yeah. Every week, man. Every week. Every month. I Every month. Say. Now it's time for stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I I took over a new store for my company I work for, mm-hmm. and there's a Walmart in the parking lot, and for some reason, the store I took over, they didn't have pens to write with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we needed paper for the printer. Dude, unbelievable, right? So yeah. I go to Walmart, and while I'm there, they have this bin of thousands of dvds that are seven dollars so i'm like you know what i'm gonna pick up some blu-rays and uh, i shouldn't say dvds the blu-rays and so i picked up the princess bride 25th anniversary which is yeah. exclusive to target i mean target walmart and i also got the breakfast club um and i i'll start with the princess bride i don't know how many times i've seen that movie when i was little i haven't seen it in a really long time but i still remember every beat i remember yeah. almost every line but as I'm getting older, things just tug at my heartstrings just so much more now. Um, Peter Falk as the grandpa is amazing yeah. in that movie. Um, yes, you're very smart. Shut up. And uh, even Fred Savage as a kid is great in the movie. Um, you know, I forget you forget these parts until you start watching it again. Yeah. And you know, the mom comes in and says, "Oh, your grandfather's here," and he says, "He's not going to pinch my cheeks, is he?" <laughs> I hate when he pinches my cheeks. And he comes in and he pinches his cheeks, and it's a classic. Oh I mean, man! I mean, honestly, like people will still be showing that movie to their kids. It's 50 so years from now good. And it is one of the greatest movies ever made. And Wallace Shaw and Andre the Giant. I forget how funny Andre he is. is. Oh man, he is so great. You know, one of my favorite moments is they're climbing up the cliffs of insanity. And as Andre is climbing and, you know, Wallace is like, climb faster, climb faster. He's gaining on us. You were supposed to be this great, powerful giant. You you were the Colossus. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm carrying three people and he's only carrying himself. (laughs) He's just so fantastic. He is amazing in that movie. And Carrie Elways is so good in it. Um, Christopher Guest. Dude, the whole movie, the dude who plays Inigo Montoya, the movie is just so cute and as I'm getting older, like I said, things just like start, you know, pulling on my heartstrings more. That and, first ten minutes, man. Yeah, and as I'm watching, as you wish. Uh, yeah, I'm watching the movie and it's ending, and I know how it ends. I've seen it, yeah, so many times. And he says, "Grandpa, will you come back and read that story to me again?" And his line reading of "As you wish" is so brilliant, yeah, that it, I'm like, "Oh, I've seen this movie. I'm not going to cry though." I know, I know. <laughs> um, but and, and because it's Peter Falk, and you just look at Peter Falk and you go, "I want him to be my grandpa." And it's it's such a good story, and it's so cleverly written. Um, my wife can't stand the book. I've never read the book. I'm really tempted to go out and get it because it's only like six bucks now because I'm yeah. sure it's been out for 40 years. It's it's different because it's even more meta where it's like – because it's, it's a boy writing what he remembers of the book when his grandpa read it to him. So, you're, so it's really inside of itself. So you're an English creative writing major. Mm-hmm. Do you think the book is good? I didn't finish it. But ah. that's hold on. That's because, <laughs> that's because I'm really bad with books, and I start them and then I don't finish them. Okay. Because um, my wife can't. Because I get the book. I get distracted by it. I thought it was really neat the way he was writing it. Uh, part of it is also because I have a problem when I start reading the book of a movie that I've already seen the movie mm-hmm. because it's not as engrossing because I already know what happens. Um, but uh, so that was part of my problem too. 
but I, I definitely think it's worth checking out. I, my brother really liked it, um, and my dad liked it too. It's just it's just different. Yeah, the way he writes it, he takes a weird angle on it, and you're like, whoa, that kind of. But there's just so many great character moments in the whole movie. I mean, back to the part where they're climbing the cliffs of insanity. You know, I just as I'm older too, I appreciate movies now more as the art form. Yeah, and you know, uh, Inigo Montoya. You know, is telling him. He says, "Could you hurry it up? I'm waiting for you." <laughs> and he he swears on his life that he won't kill him until he reaches the top. And yeah. so they sit down. And they have that great moment where he talks about the six fingered man. And yeah. dude, it is just it's uh, it's so full of classic moments. It is, and just and what makes a 25th anniversary um, Blu-ray really cool is they have a 12 part interview series. Oh wow! And the first is with Rob Reiner, Carrie Elways, and Robin Wright. Um, who is still really pretty? She oh, looks yeah. great. How old she is? And I think she's divorced like from uh, from yeah. Sean Penn now. So which I even is like even her better. more. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so he's talking, and then uh, the next one is with Carl Reiner, um, Rob Reiner's dad, who yeah. did the Dick Van Dyke Show, and he talks about how great the movie is that his son made, and he's so proud of his son. Oh, he's no. like, dude, this is so good, and everybody talking about Andre the Giant, how great he was, yeah. and dude, it, I. There's a really good documentary about Andre the Giant. I can't remember what it's called. I saw it, I think, on VH1 some time ago, but it's it's amazing, um, where they interview everybody who was like friends of his and and talk about his whole life and all of the all of the struggles that we never really knew about. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, and the coolest story that was relayed in the documentary was Rob Reiner was uh, said he gets people coming up to him all the time, and no matter what he's done, someone has something to say about Princess Bride. Yeah, and he said these people were skiing um, extreme skiing where the helicopter drops you off and you ski and they're trapped in an avalanche and they were um, no one was coming to rescue them. And the lady there acted out the whole princess bride to keep people's minds off of, you know what was happening and they were rescued <laughs> the next day. So, oh, wow. and, he, and he couldn't believe people would, you know, respond to that movie yeah. so well. Yeah. So yeah, that was a great movie. And all that, all that to say, if if anybody out there has not seen the Princess Bride, like run, don't walk. You can go to Walmart and pick up the 25th anniversary Blu-ray for seven eighty-eight. Yeah, come on, <laughs> it's you yeah. owe it to yourself to pick it up. Um, the other one I picked up was the Breakfast Club, which I have not seen since whew, the 80s, early 90s, maybe the 80s. Yeah. I I don't know, and it's a John Hughes, and it's maybe his best known movie yeah maybe it's not his best movie because we already talked about trains planes and automobiles today uh, <laughs> or the, yeah, i i would at least say that trains planes and automobiles is better than breakfast club i have to watch it again um okay but the breakfast club is really good if for those of you who don't know it w- what was really interesting watching it again is it's filled with so many cliches but you forget that that was a movie that kind of made the cliches right exactly. um so you're trying to watch it saying wait i've seen this in movies but I have. This is the movie that kind of started it, and um, most of the performances are really solid in it. Um, Ali Sheedy's character kind of bothered me because she was the outcast and she was weird, but it was one of those kind of forced weirds. Is she putting dandruff in her salad, or is uh, she really it, carrying parmesan in her hair? No, she's putting dandruff on her picture she's drawing. Oh, I thought that was like during lunch or something like that. That was weird. And there was also a weird scene where they were smoking dope, and then afterwards Emilio Estevez starts dancing like on the book rack balcony yeah. area and it's like this really weird dancing um, but there is a really great scene towards the end where they're all sitting down talking about why they're there and what their parents do to them and why you're not special and so yeah. there's some really great moments in there and it's funny you know you you know those scenes uh <laughs> i couldn't help but think of not another teen movie when uh dick vernon comes in and yells at all the kids and it's 
verbatim from not another teen movie, but uh, the movie's really good, and it has another great documentary on the Blu-ray. It's the Universal's 100th Anniversary Blu-ray. Um, so if you haven't seen The Breakfast Club, it's kind of a... You should check it out. It's really good. Um, I posit that Uncle Buck is the best John Hughes <laughs> movie. I'm Dude, Home kidding. Alone, man. Home Alone is a great one. Uh, I don't know. That la- Part of it is that now that John, the John Candy's dead... That last scene in Uncle Buck when he looks back at the camera and like, you know, sort of nods and smiles really funny. Like, and then it freezes, you know, like a ni- like an early 90s movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it gets me every time. John Hughes does that a lot. Because remember at the he end does. of Breakfast Club, uh, Judd Nelson. Uh, yeah. Judd, <laughs> um, Puts the fist in the air. He's the one guy I wasn't very convinced with in that no. movie, watching it again. There's a reason um, why you don't say a lot more Judd Nelson. Yeah. Uh, Molly Ringwald was really good in it. Emilio Estevez, uh, Anthony uh, Michael Hall, I think is the best in the movie though. Yeah. As the guy who's, he, they think he's so smart, so he doesn't have any pressure on him, but his pressure comes from that. He is so smart. Yeah. Um, which I can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why are you guys fucking laughing? You dick. Um, that's oh, all Cause I, it's true. I just, that's all I saw this week. I just watched those two movies. Oh, cool. Um, but I had lots of fun watching the princess bride. Um, James, what did you watch this week? Uh, well, I saw more than that. Uh, I, later in the week, I didn't watch anything because Assassin's Creed 3 came out and that ate all my time. But early in the week, I had plenty of free time. Uh, for my birthday, you got me Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1, which is the full title of the movie, um, which is, of course, the the animated adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, the classic Frank, Frank Miller story. Uh which then I realize in watching it that when you finally hear the interview that we did with uh, Raphael, the director of, of Quiet Girls Guide to Violence, I was totally off my ass what we were talking about at the beginning of that interview. I did not – I totally remembered those stories incorrectly. I was just confusing a couple different stories. Anyway, um, it's really good. I really I really do like their interpretation of, of that comic. The art is um, – I would say it's inspired by, you know, because they have to have it move and, and the the frame has to be full. It, it can't be quite as sketchy as uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight is. Um, but as far as, like, the way that he's designed, where he's he's real big and broad and he's got that big chin, like, Batman just looks a little bit different in Dark Knight Returns than he ever has. Uh, if you don't know the history, in 1986 when it came out, like, it was the thing that people credit as giving Batman his balls back, basically. Because before that, the popular sort of vision of Batman, especially in pop culture, was, you know, your Adam West and all the campy stuff and sort of the detectiveness and the real badass, like, dark knightness of Batman had kind of gone away. Um, and by then, the comics code was gone. So they came out with this uh, this story that's basically, it takes place in the future and Batman is old and there are these mutants, there's a mutant gang and all of this stuff. And, um, the first, if you've read the book, basically, uh, the first movie does chapters one and two, which introduce you to this Batman and, and, and explain why he becomes Batman again. And then he faces off with the mutants, uh, which is actually a pretty perfect place to end it. Uh, they start setting up the, the really epic stuff that's going to happen in two. But uh, my biggest fear with when they made this movie was that they were going to, split it and it wasn't really going to be cohesive as a movie but i i think you could watch this just by itself and be like oh yeah that was a cool story but of course it sets up the next one awesomely what happens in the next one 
<laughs> I'm not going to say. I've, I've never heard of this Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> there are some people who haven't heard of Dark Knight Returns. I felt like I should explain Oh, it. no, I think you should, too. I mean, yeah. enough time's passed where maybe someone hasn't. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're somebody who just likes movies and likes all the Batman movies and want to know more about Batman and know a little bit more history, I think this is a, a great place to, to uh, jump on because DC has been doing some amazing work with their animated features. Oh, and this is. It's the one thing that they have over Marvel. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Oh, absolutely. Marvel blows them away in the movie department, but I think as far as the animation, is, it's not yeah. even a contest. And they're, it's all full force here. I was amazed at how much I love the score for this movie. Really? I like, really enjoyed it. It, it has a few little... Um, uh, th- there's something just aesthetically about it that makes you reminiscent of The Dark Knight scores the actual movies you know the christopher nolan scores um but but it is totally its own thing and it's it sounds fantastic uh it's i i really enjoyed this oh and we just get i don't want to spoil too much about how it ends but we get just a little bit and especially if you watch the special features we get just a little bit of um michael emerson's joker sweet just get to hear his laugh a little bit and go okay okay and you know it's it is especially from the book the the version of the joker that frank miller uses is real weird um more of like a businessman who is insane than anything else it's a it's a very different take that i've never seen i think anybody else use am i right brad you're the batman guy yeah it's definitely different it's 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 his own thing for sure that's incredible insight, Brad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Brad was so whiplash. He was like, "Oh shit, somebody's talking to me." Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and so I think Michael Emerson. I haven't read it in a while, so I can't remember. I just remember him being yeah. like really brawny, and yeah, he's not the lanky, you know, Mark Hamill Joker. Yeah, and that's why I think it makes sense to to pick somebody like Michael Emerson, who is a bit more menacing and 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 brooding than anything else. Um, well, I was listening to the Dark Knight uh, Returns. Uh, Batman on Batman and spoilers is that he's a little uh, effeminate sounding. Yeah. But I, I think that's on purpose a little bit, um, especially because he is supposed to be old mm. um, and post insane. Like basically we, you see him a couple times through this movie, but it's not till the end that he pops back up. Um, but most of the movie he's in an insane asylum and he's just quiet and sitting there. Um, and I, well, yeah, uh, and Peter Weller is uh, Batman Bruce Wayne, and he's really good as mm-hmm. well. Um, Robocop. Yeah. yeah. You know, I forgot the in the, Under the Red Hood, I love when the Joker kills all those guys in the cell. I forgot how violent that part was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's everything about it. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and the DVD, the Blu-ray itself is really cool. Some of the special features on there are really neat, talking about the way that they made that movie. Uh, I also got a chance to watch a movie called For Greater Glory, um, which <laughs> came out earlier this year, and I, I watched the Andy it. Garcia movie, right? Yeah, it stars Andy Garcia, and the reason I was excited about it is because I love historical dramas, um, and I especially am interested in them if they are a part of history that I don't know much about. Uh, and the movie is it's set in Mexico uh, in about 1920, um, when basically the the president of Mexico passes all these sort of anti-Catholic laws because he's afraid that the Pope and the Vatican are going to undermine his authority, uh, which is not a new fear. Like people have been fearing that since before there was a, since as as long as there's been a Vatican, Kings have been crazy about this shit. Um, But basically he uh, expels anybody who is not Mexican and Catholic 
or you know anybody who's catholic but not mexican he expels them all from the country anybody who stays he kills uh and then all of the catholics in in mexico rose up and created this rebellion uh and it's about sort of this rebellion the problem is as interesting of a story as it is uh and it it sort of follows these two characters one of them is the guy that they the rebellion hires to be their general. He's not actually a Catholic, but his wife is, and they think, oh, he's a, he's a genius. Like he will be able to win this war for for us. And uh, apparently, he did do a really good job. Um, but it also follows the story of this kid who runs away from home, and because he was friends with this Catholic priest who gets killed, he runs away from home, enjoys the rebellion, and then there is a neat section where it's sort of about these two, those two characters' relationship, and how he sort of becomes the son of this general and 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 how those two characters treat each other but it is really really clunky um there are some really great actors in it uh there are some really poor actors in it um it it, the script is loose to say best like it just didn't get enough like there are scenes where we'll cut and two people will be standing in a church and one of them will go, I wish I had more faith. And the other one will go, you'll get there. And then we'll cut away. And I'm like, what, what, what was the purpose of that? How, couldn't you get some of the exposition and bundle it all into some scenes that, you know, so we get all of this information in, in one scene and things like that. And it's just, it's not an easy movie to watch. Um, and it doesn't, uh, because it fictionalizes so much stuff, you don't walk away feeling like, you really learned a lot or, or you really took away some great themes or anything like that. Like it, it just sort of lumbers through. And then at the end you find out like, Oh, okay, that's how it ended. And it just, it is not anywhere as good as I wanted it to be. And I I can't, I can't recommend it to, when I saw the trailer, I knew it wasn't going to be as good as anybody wanted it to be. (laughs) Well, you know, like an indie little movie like that can be fantastic, but, um, yeah, but, it didn't look that good when I saw the trailer for it, but Hey, I'm glad yeah. you took the bullet for it. Not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it should probably be avoided. It's too bad. <laughs> um, there, there was a, a real cool story in there and someday somebody will tell it well, but, uh, this wasn't it. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is there was a show that came out this week in Britain called Darren Brown's apocalypse. By the time you hear this, the second episode will have aired and you'll know how it ends. Um, but at this point I've only seen the first one. Uh, and basically the premise here is that, uh, Darren Brown is this illusionist who's very famous over in, over in England. Um, he's done a bunch of shows kind of like this before. And what he did was he, he, he got a bunch of people together, sort of American idol style and interviewed them all and had them interviewed by like psychiatrists and stuff like that to find out how, you know, sort of sane they were. Uh, and then found one of them who is this guy who lives with his parents and doesn't really respect them well enough. And his mom even says like, I wish I knew that he loved me more. And, and you, you sort of get the idea that he's, he's in a rut, not the best person that he could be. And then over a period of like three weeks, uh, Darren Brown, uh, steals his phone and hacks into it so he can control what information goes to the phone, uh, controls what information goes to the TV in their house, uh, has these weird inner uh, interactions between him and random people who uh, basically implant this whole idea that there is an asteroid or a, a meteor shower going on soon. And then as the weeks progress, 
it gets more dangerous and then like he gets actual celebrities and uh news people in England to record this stuff for him to see that talks about like oh one of them might be might get too close and like this might actually be a danger um and they uh they start talking about like oh and there's going to be some kind of there might be a virus on some of these asteroids so then uh he goes on a bus ride with his brother and all of a sudden they've got it all set up so that like there's these explosions outside of the bus and everybody on the bus is an actor and the the bus explodes or you know this all this stuff explodes and he sees people running around and basically they convince this guy that the apocalypse happens and he has like a 28 days later moment now this is the first point where i should bring up that there are some people out there starting to argue that the guy he hi- that he decides to do this to might be an actor and this might be fake because the one thing that he doesn't convince me on is uh that basically on the bus Darren Brown walks up behind the guy and has has like figured out how to hypnotize him really quickly and makes the guy pass out and then they while he's still sort of hypnotized walk him to a hospital make him fall asleep for a while and then when he wakes up he has this controlled experience where he goes through the hospital and meets people that they have placed there that uh sort of cause him to they they cause certain aspects of him to come out and they try to teach him courage and teach him like to be compassionate and things like that um assuming that it is all real i think that this is fascinating fascinating television um the moment that they win me and i don't want to spoil too much of it but i will say that in the first episode uh when he's in the hospital he meets this little girl and she sort of tells him like the story of how she got there and there's a moment where everything pauses and again assuming this is a real guy he looks at the little girl and he goes come with me and he gives his gives her him his hand and you actually watch that decision unfold on his face and if it's real it's amazing because you really see this normal guy decide to be a hero and it's it's really neat uh, i can't wait to see the second see the second episode it's only two episodes long um i'm definitely suspicious but uh if you are in any way intrigued, I think you should check it out. The whole first episode is on YouTube because it's probably never going to come to America, but still. Anyway. Very interesting. That's everything I watched. Brad, what did you watch? Uh, I didn't watch uh, much of anything this week except for Office reruns. Uh, so I will talk about something I totally spaced talking about last week. <laughs> and that is I saw Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer. Oh, that's right. How was it? It was actually really entertaining. Really? Um, it's obviously not the best, you know, technically proficient movie ma- ever made. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a trauma style movie. Yeah. But uh, it's it's a really fun watch. Um, it's really funny. Were there zombies in it? There are zombies and there are also not zombies in it. What? Like they said. And Wait, they're, what they're the right. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> being vague about it and telling <laughs> me what the fuck is going on in this movie. So Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer is about a guy who is part of a bowling team. And they are in the running for the championship or whatever. And then the uh, rival bowling team shows up and convinces the bowling alley owner to kick them out for being rowdy, even though they weren't. Uh, So, you know, Adam gets framed, basically. And uh, his grandfather, I think. (laughs) Framed. (laughs) It's a bowling Who's, you know, played by Lloyd Kaufman, who runs Troma. Um, He's the... uh, historically the amazing bowler who you know in the past has you know been the star of the alley and now his 
grandson is trying to to take his team to the top and uh so when they're not able to um bowl anymore for the championship uh the guys who are still like in the running who kicked them out um i they're in cahoots with a local car dealership um i don't know why i don't remember why they the car dealership wants this team to go to the (laughs) championship but they do um and then adam's girlfriend um is you know thinks he's a loser so she dumps him and goes off with the rival team's bowling uh you know star and then um in the process gets like knocked on the head like in their fight or whatever um and then his concussion causes him to see people as zombies when they're not zombies so he's walking around and thinking like he's being attacked by zombies and it's just like people in the park hanging out you know just fine but so uh suddenly he feels compelled to destroy all the zombies so he's like killing all these innocent people (laughs) (laughs) shit and um it's it's there's some really creative deaths like uh he kills someone with a bowling ball uh like door door salesman with a bowling ball through the chest um a woman who's doing uh sunbathing on the on the her lawn he uh shoves a uh lawn parasol up her ass <laughs> to kill her uh there's these people doing yoga and he just comes by and starts ripping their arms and legs off now now okay are we seeing this as a dude killing zombies or are we seeing this as a dude killing people? Cause I think Both. it's an important, cause you see like his point of view where they're zombies and yeah. then it like cuts back to like him, you know, hurting these innocent people. Oh, okay. Um, and then meanwhile, uh, I think his, his the villain Dario, uh, who's the leader the guy of the who's Bible. killing people is not a villain. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good guys in this movie. It's, it's trauma. Uh, remember but, that and, movie with the guy who eats dicks? Yeah. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, like eventually, you know, he works his way back to. Is there lots of boobs in this movie? There are lots of boobs in this movie. Those guys promised it, and I I was hoping that there would be. Um, yeah, lots of boobs, lots of violence. Uh, actually, some pretty good one-liners. It was, it was a lot of fun. So don't knock it. I would be um, fascinated to be in the room when they hire people, and they just are like, "Yeah, we're just hiring you because we want to see your boobs in our movie." Like, how does that? Well, she gets more than a. The girl who shows them gets to do more than that. So oh, okay. So yeah. And money. I do anything and for money. money. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. The main thing is it's it's fun. People cool. should check it out. Adam the Amazing Zombie dot com. There, uh, you know, it doesn't have distribution, right? Uh, like most movies, so they're touring it around. They just went to Vegas with it. Uh, oh, cool. I saw it when it was here, obviously, and um, I'm sure you can check out a tour schedule online. Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer and cool. You know, Are they going to put out a DVD? Uh, as soon as they get distribution cool uh, their plan is like they want it's it's technically a trauma film yeah unless they find something better which trauma that's their motto is like you can come to us unless you find something better please take yeah. that opportunity but if you're last resort we'll we'll definitely do it so cool um yeah awesome man local filmmakers support them yep support local film so this week boys we saw two movies yeah, we did. The first movie we're going to talk about is Flight. James, should people go see Flight? Yeah. Yeah, they should see Flight. Um, I I really like this movie. I think Denzel Washington's fantastic. I, I think you should know going in that it is definitely more of a drama. If you watch the trailer and you're like, here's a badass movie, like, you know, Air Force One, where a guy crashes a plane. That's not what this is. Um, 
This is a much more serious story, and I think that the, they deal with it in a, a really interesting and fantastic way, and it's worth seeing for sure. Brad, should people go see Flight? Uh, nope. Unless you want to watch a repetitive, drawn-out alcoholism story. Um, yep. No, wasn't a fan. Nope. So I'm the deciding vote on this one, huh? You are. And I side with Brad. <laughs> if you want to get um, annoyed and watch a character make horrible, horrible decisions throughout the whole fucking movie, then um, go see Flight. Um, barely redeem himself. And yeah, but I will agree with James as Denzel Washington is good in it. Yeah, it's definitely well acted, but yeah, it's just um, not a fun watch at all. Anyways, uh hey Brad, play that funky trailer right now, homeboy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Captain Whitaker. Gonna ask you just to stretch out and relax. Have you on the ground in forty minutes? I have no control of myself. We're going to hell. Yeah, no, this is South Jet 227. We are in a dive. South Jet 227. They see nothing but houses. Kevin, listen to me. Trim us nose down. We're going to roll it. Well, okay? What do you mean, roll it? Ready? Here we go. How you feeling, man? You saved a lot of lives. The plane fell apart at 30,000 feet. There is all kinds of news people out here. You're a rock star. You will never pay for another drink as long as you live. Captain Whitaker is a real American hero. Why do we need a lawyer? You don't remember having your blood drawn the night of the crash? You had alcohol in your system. That could be life in prison. I want to talk about the days leading up to the accident. Does he know he's going to jail? It's a lie, I'm in awe of what you did. The FAA placed 10 pilots in simulators, recreated the events. Every pilot killed everybody on board. You're the only one who could do it. You saved my mom. I drank the night before the flight. Are you hiding something? Someone put me in a broken plane. I'm trying to save your life. You lied. Get out! We lost our power! Race for impact. No one could have landed that plane like I did. No one. Flight rated R in theaters November 2nd. Anyways, back to Flight. This um, is why we're not a music podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, flight is a story of Whip. Whitman. Who, Whitman, Whip Whitman. Who is a pilot for uh, kind of a, it's not a major airline, but it's one of those like um, it's a regional. It's Hollywood airline. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like a regional airliner where it's, you yeah, know, they, they shuttle th- through the south. I mean, I've flown yeah. on those because I've <laughs> traveled for work and they're south, horrible. South Jet Airlines. South Jet Airlines. And he is a partier. And the opening of the movie is a very nice looking lady who's naked for the first 10 minutes. And what was really, she's the wife from the league. She is. Um, which is really interesting is, you know, Denzel Washington's having this really intense conversation with his ex-wife, but I'm constantly distracted by the really hot chick who's naked in the room. Um, (laughs) in the background, just walking around in the background, which, um, I will say that I do miss Robert Zemeckis doing live action because I think he's a great director. Oh, the whole movie. Any, yeah. Especially the, the, like the slow mundane scenes, that when like not a lot was happening, even then I was like, "This is gorgeous." I just love the way. He yeah, moves you the know camera. when I this is a kind of silly thing, but when I thought the movie looked really good is when Don Cheadle is standing outside of his house. Yes, and he comes out and he says, "Are you going to shoot me?" And he's like, "Why don't you come inside and they'll shoot?" I think it, it's framed really well yeah. and it looks really nice. Um, the part where the plane crashes is really intense. Um, yeah. And then for me, the movie is it. it I, I couldn't get into you it. You lose all the momentum. Um, it's just over and over again. Yeah. It's like, uh, should I drink? Okay, I'm going to drink. Hey, you shouldn't be drinking because you're going to screw up everything. It's like, you're right. I'm not going to do it. Oh, here's some more alcohol. I'm going to start drinking again. Yeah. Like, it just, back and me, forth is like, because get it. He is abs- like addicted to, to alcohol. To me, I thought huh. it would have been really interesting if, you know, 
because of that crash, he blamed the what he was doing on it, and so you know he dumped out all the stuff. And that would have been more interesting if they let you more into the investigation and him trying to instead of him admitting. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand yeah. why he is that way is because he has a disease and the whole yeah. movie is trying to point out either a, that alcoholism is horrible, which it is. Yeah. But also it's like some sort of like uh preachy movie where they're always saying, Oh, it was an act of God. God did yeah. this. God did that. We were saved by people who were worshiping God. And to me it was not only preachy, but it was also, um, I don't know. I just, it, there was no, there's focused. no point to it. Like, I don't uh, know where this is going. Yeah. Like, I, I, I agree with you there that that, that aspect of the movie where they, cause I think they did a good job of it earlier where they just, the word choice earlier on, I thought I, I kept going like, Oh, okay. They're, they're getting at this weird, like, you know, this happened for a reason and we're going to see that reason because of the experience he's going to go through. But man, they take it away, especially that scene in the hospital with the co-pilot. I'm like, you guys, you have lost your way in that scene where, where, especially cause his wife is such a caricature and then he like, it, it, it's so out of place and and especially because that doesn't really go anywhere like yes i want to see this story of this this alcoholic you know going through everything he has to go through in order to get over that um but I, you know that that whole thing about like oh well god made this happen there is no resolution to that like unless you want to walk away and be like oh yeah it all happened because this guy was an alcoholic and he had to reason you know realize that but that goes against the other side of it which is that like yes we keep seeing these scenes where he keeps making the wrong decision, but that is because like if we just saw one of them, we'd be like, Oh yeah, he's an alcoholic, but then he gets over it. Cause that's easy. But no, like the whole movie is we see him trying really hard to do good things. And I, I think it's actually why I love where it ends. Because if you look back at the movie, there are so many times where he tries to do really good things and he tries to be a good person, but he has this monkey on his back and he just can't, get away from it and that's what's so compelling about it to me um to me i I never felt that he was trying to be a good person his he never made a choice where he says you know what i'm gonna be a good person the only reason he did things is because he was drunk no no, to me well okay or he wanted to cover his own ass yeah exactly and i mean there there's some powerful scenes where he says you know i'm an alcoholic i've been lying my whole life yeah which is really interesting and i like the scene where he was in aa and he thought aa was stupid but to me, it's just, I mean, I, I, I'm going to make horrible decisions constantly. Um, I don't know. To me, it just, it, it's always hard for me to get into a movie where it's just, and to me, he became the character in the movie because, you know, he that one hotel room happened to be open and he sees all this liquor and he pulls out one bottle and then he's just going to go off the deep end when his yeah. whole life is to me that's part at that of point it. i was like well, really again like yeah, exactly and i was i mean i was with brad on that um so you said but, you loved it um so defend it some more please well i i, I to me i look at him and i see him as uh a, a good person trapped inside of the body of an alcohol uh, of an alcoholic because there there are things that he does like like um helping out this woman that he met at the hospital and not only like saving her from her horrible landlord, but letting her move in with him. And I don't believe that when he, when he did that, it was cause he wanted to have sex with her. Oh, and no, thought no, he was going to fall in so love. Either. I don't think that's the way they play. I think she made but the even, first move in that part. I think so much of it relies on what I thought was a surprisingly emotional and impactful scene where the plane crashes, where he plays that like he is totally straight. Like he is, 
uh, I actually found it really moving because you were watching a this this guy who was extremely talented execute a plan amazingly like he was totally in control and right then i think we see who that guy really is and what kind of a person he should be but because he's an alcoholic and because of his history he he just he can't escape this other thing and he keeps screwing everything up um and and that to me is what was so fascinating about it especially when we get to the end and he's uh this is really getting into spoilers obviously but when he's meeting with his son uh, and his son is like, oh, I've never met you. Uh, and he, and asks him like, okay, who are you? Which of course, to me, that is a, a silly ploy on, from the writer's perspective, because I'm like, okay, you know, so many times if you take a writing class, they'll tell you that every story is a question of who are you, uh, both for the character that we're reading about and as a mirror for us as the reader, um, but I think it's interesting because it made me at least go back and think about like, okay, who was this character really, um, and you know, I was compelled by his story of trying to get over this, but but I, I I think that when you look back at him, you go like, okay, there was really a good person in there. He just couldn't beat this one thing, and it it, it made alcoholism for me more tangible. As somebody who has honestly never dealt with it in my own life, uh, or certainly not with alcohol in the people around me. Um, it it made it seem like a much more difficult thing to deal with than uh than I than I think most movies will, will portray it as. You know, they'll be like, Oh, this guy's an alcoholic and then he gets help but um this it really drags you through it and makes you I mean, there are some intensely fairly disturbing scenes with the way that he will behave, because uh, Denzel Washington is again so good in this movie, uh that I, I don't feel the way, you know, we talked last week about that movie you saw with um, Michelle Williams, where it's a person who's just making bad decisions because she's stupid and a bad person and we don't like following her story. This to me is different because I feel like he he's just not in control. Like in those scenes when he is he's given the chance to drink again, you really I, I, I felt like he doesn't have a choice anymore. Like he this is just how he reacts to his world and the only way he can be comfortable Um so that that is why I really enjoyed it. Um, see, to me, also though, it, it had, like the preaching thing really annoyed me. But then it also, I agree. I agree. It also had the oh, cocaine can fix all your problems. <laughs> Here, cocaine is great. <laughs> well, yeah, there are those. Yeah, that that scene though, I, I think is entertaining. I thought it was funny. This idea that I, I never got into it. It's just uh, to well, me, because it's him taking a taking an upper to get rid of his downer, and it. Uh, yeah, I, no, I mean, I'm, people do that. There are then, people who will yeah, drink no, a I lot mean, I understand that and then part, do but, cocaine so that they can function. But for to me, it's, uh, it's it seems oh, to have no consequence in the movie. Exactly, like it, and like it helps. I mean, what's the point? Of John Goodman being around it. He's his drug dealer. Yeah, and that's his role in the movie. And yeah. to me, it's just pointless. I understand why they wanted to put it in there, but they said, "Oh, if you're you know dr- really drunk, just take a bunch of coke and you can lie to the NS." NTSB and well, there there are people who really do that. I mean, I, I, that's what I think is actually compelling about that last scene where he makes a decision. I mean, he says when he's in jail, he says that uh, he he felt like he was out of lies um, because that last scene we realize like okay, if we're rooting for him to make it through this movie and to not go to jail, he's actually got a chance there. Like we, you, it's almost like okay, he's gotten away with it. All he has to do is keep going and not say that he was drinking. He, all he has to do is pin it on a dead girl and say, yeah, she probably drank him. But he's, he just can't do it. And that's the, see, that, that, the scene where the good person inside of him finally wins out and goes, no, 
this is too far. I can't make this decision. I have to to stand up and take responsibility for what I've done and admit what kind of a person I am and what problem I have. Uh, and then it goes to the place I never thought it was going to go, which is that he goes to jail. And he, he that's the way he cleans up, is that he pays for the, the mistakes he's made. Even though the whole time he, like, he saves a whole bunch of people's lives. But maybe he could have saved all 102. You know, like that's the thing that they... The, the thing I kept expecting them to bring up was like, yeah, okay, you're amazing and you did something amazing, but you didn't do it perfectly. You know, not everybody walked off of that plane. Maybe if you were sober, everybody would have walked off. Yeah, but to me too, it was just a cheap out too, because if he was really a good person, then he would have tried to make a relationship with his son. He was already a piece of shit to his son. But some, was, but but some chick he's banging all of a sudden he's like oh well uh, I don't want her to have a bad name who's been dead and I banged her and she's full of coke and drugs and liquor too I don't know to me it just it lost me how preachy it got and yeah but it's it, I I I think it's more that he is uh, he's using a woman who died um, so on his watch that he was responsible for in order to hide his alcoholism like. Like having a bad relationship with his son is is bad, yes. But again, that's because he's an alcoholic. I I don't know. That, I, it it works for me, is what I'm saying. But um, uh, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, Brad, anything else to say why it didn't work for you? Um, no. Like I was gonna bring up the cocaine thing too. It's like <laughs> John Goodman was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm on the list. But yeah, again, it's just like this character is so despicable. I don't wanna, and I don't know where this movie's going. Like, like the editing between the actual flight in the crash and then the the uh junkies story oh yeah i felt broke it up to where like it lost momentum oh early Uh, on like if they had just done the movie like okay they take off they can't get through the lift off very well and then they level out and then go in the crash like if that had been broken up with the junkie story i think it would have been stronger and more intense but it's like it is having her appear and like start her story simultaneously is just like it it slowed things down and i was like okay where is this going are we starting a new is this an anthology like we're gonna start is this movie about a bunch of different lives that intersect later which it kind of is but i mean like was it gonna have their own stories you're right and i i I think it's just kind of like where is this going and that definitely threw me off but i I think that if you didn't have that introduction to that character i don't think that the scenes, especially like the scene in the stairwell, which I think is really good, uh, especially in retrospect, because we realize that uh, that the guy with cancer, all the stuff he's saying, he's really saying to our character, even though he's talking to her. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, that scene I really liked. But um, I think that that it scene would have less just impact. Met the girl at that point, like we didn't even have to like show her um, uh, apartment backstory. I mean, it, it's important to when he's like uh, stops the landlord to know where that land like some backstory on the landlord yeah but, i mean uh, from a storytelling standpoint i feel like denzel washington could have like crashed showed up in the hospital and like met that woman yeah and explained oh well yeah i, I shoot up all the time and that's why yeah. i'm here i don't disagree and i, I, I think especially like that landlord. scene where she goes to like the pornographer to get more drugs oh, yeah, like that like one's really pointless scene yeah point no no yeah I, I agree with you there um but after that like yeah i don't know yeah Anyways, agree to disagree. Um, yeah, so you can go see Flight and make your own opinion about it. And, I think you should. Um, James says you should. I say yeah, you, yeah. Can, you should see it because Denzel Washington's good in it. If I, you want to see a good performance, see it for Denzel Washington. They're all really good performances, really. Uh, best best Robert Zemeckis movie since Castaway. Sure. I think I was saying it's like 
an unfun castaway comics <laughs> was on <laughs> drugs. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not as good as Castaway or Forrest Gump or anything like that. I, it's like, certainly not. But um, he needed like a an inanimate object to hang out with him while he's yeah. drinking. That would be more fun. The <laughs> bottle. Yeah, he could have called Silly. it Cuddy. <laughs> uh, Cuddy, <laughs> Cuddy Sark. Um, we also saw Wreck It Ralph. James, should people go see Wreck It Ralph? Absolutely. Brad, should people go see Wreck It Ralph? Definitely, much more fun. Uh, I think it's one of the best movies of the year, so Whoa. you should definitely go see Wreck-It Ralph. Hey, roll that trailer, B-Rad. My name's Wreck-It Ralph. I'm gonna wreck it! 30 years I've been doing this. I can fix it! It's hard to love your job when no one else seems to like you for doing it. You're just the bad guy who wrecks the building. Ah! <gasps> I'm okay, I'm okay. If I'm really honest with myself, it sure must be nice being the good guy. Ralph, you are a bad guy, but this does not mean you're a bad guy. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Ralph abandoned his game. Welcome to Game Central Station. Bad guy coming! Everything changes now. Where's Ralph? Oh, sorry, Cubert. It's me, Ralph. Ralph's gone to hero's duty? Fear is a four-letter word, ladies. You want to go pee-pee in your big boy slacks? Keep it to yourself. Hi, mister. You're not from here, are you? Sugar Rush? You're game jumping? Hey! Aha! You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Aha! You hit a guy with glasses. That's... that's well played. Without Ralph, we're doomed. They're gonna pull our plug. What's that? A medal. I earned it in Hero's Duty. <laughs> Not that kind of duty. I bet you really gotta watch where you step in a game called Hero's Duty. <laughs> Some nights I stay up casting in my bed. We can't change who we are. You can't mess with the program, Ralph. Some nights I'll be Everyone here says I'm just a mistake. You ready for this? Not leaving you here alone. Well, let's close out with the bad guy after we show. I am bad. Ah! And that's, that's good. good. I will never, never be good. good. Well, no, 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 no. And and that's, that's not, not bad. Hold that thought. There's, There's no one I'd rather be than me. Hey! Why do I fix everything I touch? It's make your mama's proud time. I love my mama. Oh, good. The cops. Hold still. Ow. Take that. What are you doing? One game at a time, Ralph. Is, is it over? Can I, can I talk yet? Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, this movie is awesome. Um, one, because being a video gamer, it really brought back great memories, but it's also wonderfully made. Like, the movie is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think it's the best work Disney animation has put out in a long, long time. Um, yeah. Because I thought they always kind of struggled with the 3D animation kind of stuff. Meet the Robinsons and... Oh, yeah. It's definitely and, better than... And stuff like that. Uh, yeah. and, and the characters in it are so good. And they have so much heart in it. And it's not only a story about, you know, he wants to change who he is. It's a... I don't know. I just... It was a really good movie. And yeah. John C. Riley is really good as, you know, Ralph and Sarah Silverman is adorable, which is weird because I usually find her voice fairly grating. But yeah, but for but some she, reason she she like turns it into a little girl's voice and it's adorable. 
and the, you know the the makers of this movie you could tell really loved what they were doing yeah um they believed in it wholeheartedly because you have to kind of sell this idea to it and i mean the idea of the video games have a central station and they can hit they hang out outside of their video games is kind of and there's cute. so much detail in there so much stuff oh, in the man. background where like, i i i was saying after the movie i was like i i want to see it again just because uh, i want to just pay attention to the background like not not watch the the plot in quotes i want to just pay attention to what's in the background and and see what neat stuff they threw in there because <laughs> i know there's a bunch of stuff where you're like oh you know so oh, they're, they're like there. the Konami oh, code. Yeah. Oh yeah, did you see the oh, yeah. Turtles arcade machine? Oh, I didn't. No, yeah. damn it, it was in, it, in the arcade. Yeah, when uh, he was talking montage? at the beginning and his fa- uh, moving out, and all the arcades were uh, games were changing That's on weird. the right I didn't side. See that, there was, I was the Ninja Turtles arcade. Um, but yeah, I, even I mean the little things where the eight bit characters had missing animation parts. Oh uh, yeah, well because yeah, um, they they moved like they had you know like they could only move in blocks. You know they moved like in ninety degree angles and such. Oh, it was awesome. And you know the opening Walt Disney animation because um, they changed it recently to Steamboat Willie, where he's whistling a song. Yeah. But they changed it to an eight bit <laughs> like opening, a lot like Scott Pilgrim with yeah. the Universal, and that was clever. Um, Everything about this movie, the details that went into it, the, the great story about the script is so good. Like it is, it's really good. It made me cry. Like when did uh, it really? Yeah, when uh, what's when uh, the, the Ralph decides that like he accepts the fa- accepts the fact that he has to be a bad guy and he has to punch those Mentos things, and he's just like, uh, that's got, really got me. Yeah, me too. Wow. I- <laughs> Wow, then I am definitely the coolest on this movie. And I, I mean, I do really like it, but It, it honestly, gave me that feeling like Toy Story 3 did when the toys are about to, you know, no, burn an no. incinerator. I got that same, like, oh my God, like, what a, like a noble and, and uh, I don't, it's not like a Shyamalan twist, but just, you know, thinking this whole movie is about Ralph, you know, wanting to be a good guy, but deep down he's still a bad guy that can be good um, and accepting that. But there's also like, uh, you know the Von Sweets character, mm. yeah. Um, being a glitch in the system that you know isn't a glitch. It's yeah. And the uh, the Turbo villain. Oh my god! <laughs> the fact that he showed like he's <laughs> super creepy. At I the had end, no, man. Yeah, I had no like they tell that story, but it, for some reason I've seen it a bunch of movies. Yeah, it did. It yeah. should be yeah, obvious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when they reveal it either. that he's taken over as the. And I'm sitting there through the movie being like, why is this king so bad? Did they explain that? Did I miss it already? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So. What, what was his yeah. line? It, you're going to get turboed or something? Uh, <laughs> Turbotastic. Turbotastic. Yeah. And who's in the other game? game. Yeah. Turbotastic making him crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I think that's the part that works the least for me. Uh, I think my favorite scene in the movie is, uh, as depressing as it is, uh, just because I think it was ballsy, is the scene where he. Um, where the king comes to him and tells him, like, you know, hey, if you if you do this and she wins, like, they're going to shut our game down oh, that's, and she's going to die. <laughs> and he crushes the car. Like, that scene for me was like, oh, this is ballsy. This is the kind of stuff mm-hmm. I want from a kid's movie because I, I want kid's movies that don't talk down to kids. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it ends up just being another kid's movie where it's like, hey, be yourself. Like, that that for me, that it, it sucked a lot of the the emotion out of that ending for me where, where he's like flying down at the end and he's like, Oh, I'm a bad guy and that's okay. I was like, all right, See, I, I wanted, I wanted, 
I wanted a little bit more. I like. I think it's a good story, and I do enjoy the movie. I just mean it. It you're certainly a, did not you're make such me a cry. Dick. You love seeing an <laughs> alcoholic pilot kill people. You're like, oh, fuck that guy. But he didn't kids, kill people. He when, saved ninety six. When kids, when kids are trying to be themselves, that's stupid. Um, I've seen plenty of movies about kids trying to be themselves. Like I wanted, um, you know, but it's you know, certainly not going to be my favorite animated movie of the year. Like that, um, the part that really got me actually that as like fighting back tears is when he says, and it's not so bad getting thrown off the building anymore because. I can look up and I can see uh, Sugar Rush. I like, no, I did, I did really like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why it, it really got me. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, I just love this movie. I mean, uh, Jane Lynch reminded me of my wife because um, I thought she was hot and she had that same haircut and she was kind of a no holds bar kind of lady. Yeah, um, and she was great in it. Her, her, and uh, and Fix It Felix together. All their scenes together are fantastic. Just because mm-hmm. the way he acts around her, I think, was hilarious. And that's the other thing too. It's like it's got like a, a B plot to the whole movie. Like it's not just yeah. focused on Ralph. And the, they've so got many, the whole like yeah, Fix It. I have to see it again because there's so many clever lines in it that, um, man, there's one where uh, I, I love when I, who's who's Fix It Felix talking to, and he says. Man, she's been programmed with the most uh, heartbreaking yes. code ever. <laughs> oh, yes, that was that was maybe my favorite line in the movie. Oh, and then because then they go back and they show you it, so it is this totally meta joke about like yeah. about about having those flashbacks. Oh yeah, no, you're right. And the, the hero's duty was. I mean, that whole scene was so well done and so beautiful. Yeah, each each world had its own aesthetic, and it was great. Um, I was kind of expecting to see more. I, w- I was really surprised when we got into the candy one and just sort of spent the rest of the movie there. Yeah, that's the like, thing I didn't like was we yeah. spent so much time in the candy world and it's like yeah. not the most you know, aesthetically pleasing. Like It's definitely right. well thought out and detailed, but it's just like it's not my favorite aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> I, am- I almost wanted them to, for some re- in order to get her to win, have to go to a different world as well. But see, there was so like much that, going on in that the- world. I mean, there was glitter and there were sparkles and there was candy and... <laughs> I mean, it was so well done. Everything in that whole movie is so well done yeah. that it, I don't know. It, it just, it, to me, it, it, it is, is amazing. It's rich with details, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this is one of the few times where they got a lot of celebrities to do the voice, and I thought... They did a good job. They did an amazing job with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, well, and because they're not all, like, the biggest celebrities, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, there's little details when Ralph bust the cake at the party all the cake frosting's pixels pixelated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i mean there's just little things like that, that i love and you know when he breaks in pac-man's eating all the shrimp cocktails and he stops <laughs> and looks at him and his mouth <laughs> drops open oh man that's classic was the uh guy who runs the arcade that guy from uh king of kong who yeah the, the, officiates the, the, all uh, the um twin galaxies guy yeah. i think so i want to look up his name because the fact that he's wearing that referee shirt yeah. like mm-hmm. he looks like the it's twin galaxies guy. I, I have to believe that's intentional and there was a Mortal Kombat fatality in it. Yeah. They yeah. really had Kano rip out somebody's heart. And they, had, they had two Mortal Kombat-esque characters yeah. in that uh Yeah, there was a, like a meeting. smoke kind of guy. Yeah. Well, and and the and the end credits are all those different, like they use different game video game titles, and one of them mm-hmm. is Mortal, Gom- Mortal Kombat. Yeah, or yeah, when Street Fighter. <laughs> Ralph is in the Lost and Found, you know, of course, the Mario Mushroom, but my favorite was the Metal Gear Solid exclamation yeah. point. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is just one of the parts I, I laugh the most at is the, just the whole introduction where he's talking and like the way that he sort of is like, you know, well, you know, I live in the junkyard and it's full of bricks, but I, it's okay, I guess. And we're watching him like, you know, pile a bunch of bricks on top of him to use it a blanket. And it's just like the, the complete opposite of what he is saying. <laughs> um, I, oh, I love that sequence. Yeah. Uh, so the movie's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You should definitely go see it. 
and there's oh, and learning to talk Hubert. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> man. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is really fantastic. I would agree. Yeah, I, I don't think. And that Disney uh, has Dennis Haysbert is the <laughs> commander at the hologram. So. Yeah. President Palmer. President Palmer, twenty-four. Oh, that's his. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't know that actor's name. Cool. Oh, and Paper Man. We haven't talked about Paper, oh, Paper Man. Man oh. the Paper Man, the hand animated uh, short in front of the movie is amazing. Is stunning. Really, really, both beautiful and a well told short. Yeah, I loved it. The only thing I didn't like is the dude behind me was a lean forward laugher. And oh, he was no. really loud, so he was always like leaning into my space and laughing. But it's all right. Yeah, the Paper Man is really good. And yeah. I, I love. I love animation. I mean, I don't care how old I am. I will always support animation because I think it's an amazing that art traditional form. Animated, for short. It's like so mean. cinematic the way like where they put the camera to get all these different angles for just oh yeah, which you know traditionally a you know, side scrolling type mm-hmm. medium is like uh, it's like they had a camera and all these people yeah, are actually made out of animation. It's and it's the first time in a while that I've seen one of those and I really felt like it was on par with the kind of storytelling that we get from the, the Pixar shorts. And I mean, Disney obviously owns Pixar and Pixar is thanked in the shorts. So maybe they were involved in some mm-hmm. way, but I want to give Disney credit and say that maybe they weren't. And that it, somebody at well, Disney came up with, like story, I said, I, I mentioned before so, John Laster's totally in charge of all Disney animation yeah. now. So, um, but it was so like, like mid short, I'm trying to think like, Oh, this is, if I were writing this, I would write, you know, he has to do this in order to get it. And that wasn't the way they came up with, but I like their version too. Like it, it, it was just so creative and kept you on your yeah, toes. Cause it was so cute because he kept on throwing his, the paper airplane kept on hitting anything but her. I mean, one of my favorite shots is he threw one and it made it through the window and it went to the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was great. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next week, what are you singing? James you Bond singing theme. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Please don't sue me, MGM. <laughs> uh, James Bond, Skyfall. I can't believe that's out. next week. I am so excited. That's going to be awesome. Oh, no. So look forward to that. Fall, also look forward movies are starting. to later in the mid- about midweek, whenever Brad's able to put it up, our interview with Jonathan Tiersten, who's in The Perfect House, which you can download on iTunes for $6 perfecthouse.com and even if you haven't seen that movie uh yeah you listen, listen to it because it's, it's a fantastically hilarious yeah, interview what i uh well i'll introduce it later but i will say this right now is he's really honest oh yeah so yeah. Um, stay tuned for that um you can email us real nerds at gmail.com you can tweet us real underscore nerds you can like us on facebook real nerds podcast you can go to our website real nerds you can also call us like russell did 720-6nerds5 so until next week when we see James Bond in action. Bye. Bye. Dig, 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 balls. <laughs> Ball sack. <laughs> that looks like a dick. See <laughs> <laughs> so if we can draw a waveform. See <laughs> so if we can make a waveform that looks like a dick. Dick. <laughs> See, now this all needs to get cut back into the end.